A reading from the first book of Kings. Jeroboam left Jerusalem, and the prophet Ahijah the Shilonite met him on the road. The two were alone in the area, and the prophet was wearing a new cloak. Ahijah took off his new cloak, tore it into twelve pieces, and said to Jeroboam, Take ten pieces for yourself. The Lord, the God of Israel, says, I will tear away the kingdom from Solomon's grasp and will give you ten of the tribes. One tribe shall remain to him for the sake of David, my servant, and of Jerusalem, the city I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Israel went into rebellion against David's house to this day. Verbum Domini. Oh, the hearts of God to listen to.
Exaltatio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Ioanem. There was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told them, fill the jars with with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, draw some out now and and take it to the head waiter. So they took it. And when the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine, without knowing where it came from, although they who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves good wine first, and then when people have drunk freely an inferior one, but you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs at Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples, began to believe in him. Today, the Universal Church celebrates the feast of the apparitions of Our Lady of Lourdes, a feast which was established by Pope St. Pius X in 1907. In this series of 18 apparitions of Mary to St. Bernadette Cerberu, took place throughout the year 1858, four years after the Immaculate Conception was declared a dogma of the faith. And these apparitions are especially remarkable as miraculous healings continue to be reported at the site of the apparitions where millions of pilgrims go to visit each year. And although there have been over 7,000 miracles attributed to the intercession of Our Lady of Lourdes, only 70 cases have been officially recognized as miracles by the church. The church has been very cautious about fraudulent claims of miracles. And in fact, Pope St. Pius X requested the establishment of a medical bureau in in Lourdes to investigate miraculous claims. Now, regardless of their number, these miracles serve only to, to confirm the faith of believers. Now, Marian apparitions in general are a beautiful reminder of Our Lady's tender care for us, her children. They can be a comforting reassurance of a never-changing truth that Our Lady is continually interceding for, for us on our behalf, even while we are not fully aware of it. Marian apparitions are generally accompanied by a simple message, 
or an exhortation to her children to pray and do penance. All such apparitions, including the ones with the Church's full approval, fall under the category of private revelations, which are distinct from public revelation. And it's important to understand this distinction so that we do not give more weight to private revelation to the detriment of public revelation. Public revelation carries more weight because the doctrine of the faith is derived from it, while private revelation is not a revelation of new doctrine. The Catechism of the Catholic Church makes this clarification in paragraphs 66 and 67. Paragraph 66 explains how no new public revelation is to be expected until the second coming of Christ. It says, the Christian economy, therefore, since it is the new and definitive covenant, will never pass away. <clears throat> and no new public revelation is to be expected before the glorious manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, while we might currently enjoy the fullness of divine revelation, the Church continues to unpack the complete significance of this revelation. In other words, her understanding of public revelation continues to be modified throughout the years in accordance with objective truth. Yet this unpacking of doctrine does not constitute a new public revelation, but rather it is the Church coming to a fuller grasp of what has already been received. Paragraph 67 then touches upon private revelations and how the faithful should approach them. It says, throughout the ages, there have been so-called private revelations, some of which have been recognized by the authority of the church. They do not belong, however, to the deposit of faith. They do not belong to the deposit of faith. It is not their role to improve or complete Christ's definitive revelation but to help live more fully, to help to live it more fully by it in a certain period of history. Guided by the magisterium of the church, the sensus fidelium, the sense of the faithful, knows how to discern and welcome in these revelations whatever constitutes an authentic call of Christ or his saints to the church. So private revelations, which include Marian apparitions, as beautiful and inspiring as they are, and as devotion inspiring as they are, must never be placed above or on the same level as public revelation, which comes to us through sacred tradition, sacred scripture, and magisterial teaching. And such private revelations must not even be seen as improving, completing, correcting, or surpassing public revelation, which is already complete. As members of the Christian faithful, we are to discern in union with the magisterium, with the Holy Father and with the bishops united with him, to understand the authentic call 
contained in these private revelations. There's certainly always a good message to be derived from these revelations, but it's always in accord with public revelation. And in the case of the apparitions at Lourdes, it's clear that the primary message is to pray and to do penance as an act of love. Our Lady called upon St. Bernadette to pray and to do penance for the conversion of sinners. And in doing so, Our Lady teaches us at Lourdes a very important lesson about the great love that she has and that her son have for all of us. At the time of these apparitions, the church in France had undergone tremendous suffering and loss due to the French Revolution and to secular attempts to de-Christianize France. And yet we notice the tenderness of Our Lady towards sinners and towards the enemies of the church. She does not respond to them with fear, anger, outrage, hatred, or violence. Her response is that of love, of pity, of praying and making sacrifices and reparation for sinners. And we would do well to heed the message and example of Our Lady. When we encounter those who are opposed to Christianity, who mock the gift of faith, and who attempt to eliminate religious belief, our response to them should not be fear or rage or hatred towards the enemies of the church. Rather, we should respond with mercy, love, and tenderness in fulfillment of our Lord's call to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. We should pray and offer penance for those who persecute the church and for the conversion of sinners, which of course includes our own conversion because we, in fact, are sinners. The kingdom of God does not spread through force or fear, but through love, through the conversion of individual hearts to the Lord.